0: Welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney Theme Parks News Podcast. And this is episode 43, where we once again bring you another interview with a cast member. Now today we welcome back Brandy, who is on uh, episode 37. If, so if you haven't listened to that yet, I would listen to that one first, because this is actually part two of How Do You Become Mickey Mouse? So yeah, we had Brandy on a few weeks ago, and she uh, she actually worked for the mouse for about 11 years. So there was, there was just not enough time in uh, one episode to kind of discuss everything that she had... Um, she had done during her time working there so uh but yeah we we kind of split it up into the two parts so so yeah right now you're listening to part two um so yeah if you haven't listened to part one yet i would highly recommend going back to episode 37 and listening to that first Um, but if you don't want to uh you don't you could just listen to this one so but uh but yeah we we welcome brandy back on this episode so uh, i don't want to i don't want to hold us up any further because there is this is another long episode and she still has uh, she has a lot of great stories to share so let's just jump right into it and begin another episode of the excess press podcast So so everyone here we are again. We are with Brandy. She was on the show uh not too long ago. It was only like maybe 5 or 6 episodes ago. Uh, but you're about, you're back. So welcome.
1: Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. I hope people liked the first show.
0: I uh, well, like I said before we started chatting uh, or before we started recording that there was a lot of good response and people love your your Mickey stories. So um, <laughs> but uh but yeah, so we're going to kind of use the second part because when we talked previously last time, you said that you, you had worked the, with Disney for about, like, 11 years. Um, and where we left off was you were you were working as the costume characters, and you had told those, like, two funny stories. The one about—it uh, was—I guess you were rehearsing, and then people were on a tour, and they walked in on you rehearsing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then— That's,
1: that's, that's embarrassing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then the other one was when—I I think you were— was it when you were Donald and, like, the costume came off when you were on a yes! float? Yes! Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Spectrum Magic, because I know you love that. Uh, yes. <laughs> parade, so thought you would appreciate that little uh, tidbit of information. And it, it's it's funny because I say that it's embarrassing, but it's, like, not even me. And it, I kind of tried to comfort myself with the fact that, uh, you know, it's not me that's embarrassed. It's, it's the character that's embarrassed. But in reality, it is completely 100%. Me yeah. being mortified.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, because I, I wanted to ask, what, do you know what year that was? Do you remember that you, what year that was when that happened?
2: Um. Oh. Gosh. Was
0: it like Was it like an age before where like cell phone videos were just like a big thing? Uh.
1: uh yeah. I mean, I think so because I don't believe that I had a smartphone at that point because I know um, I showed you a couple pictures of. Um, my character performer days and things like that. And uh, there's actually a lot of pictures missing from that because uh, I think from about, I didn't get a smartphone until about 2010. Uh, So I started in 2006. So there was actually a lot of pictures that were not even taken because I had uh, one of those Motorola Little slidey phones, do you know Uh, what I'm talking about?
0: Yep, yep, I remember those. Um, The
1: the little blue slidey phone, it was like an Envy or something like that. And it didn't take the greatest pictures and also didn't have internet. So it did have internet, but it was crappy. Uh, So there was probably a lot of videos and things that didn't get uploaded. Uh, So I I would assume that was probably around 2008. Gotcha. Uh, So I don't know if people had uh, camera videos at that time but I I'm, I'm going to say it was probably 2008.
0: Okay, yeah, cuz I feel like if something like that happened nowadays it would it'd oh, be viral, all
1: over the place. Viral. Yeah. <laughs> it would be
2: viral. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: but in this case I I honestly I don't know at the time that it was happening, I don't really know if anybody even knew what was going on.
2: Oh, okay. Cuz so it's
1: the very beginning of the parade route. You know, I really have no idea if people even knew what was happening. And hopefully they didn't, <laughs> because <laughs> it is it is embarrassing. So
0: yeah, cool. Well, kind of how I wanted to steer this show today was it, if now that you we've had like a few weeks difference, I um, I wanted to maybe if there was anything else you maybe maybe remember that you may want to share on the show about your time as a costume character. Um, but if there wasn't anything else you really want to share, we can kind of move on into like where you ventured next uh, for working for Disney.
1: Well, there's probably just like maybe one thing, I guess something one of my friends reminded me of uh, afterward, Um, because of course this is a very positive podcast, Um, (laughs) but I I did want to just mention if there's people with kids that go to uh, Walt Disney World, I know that there's so many little kids who just enjoy uh, meeting new characters, Um, and I've been a lot of the characters that people just love to meet, Mickey, Minnie, Stitch, Lilo, Donald, um... Thumper from Bambi, um, they have Thumper's girlfriend, uh, so many different characters, Piglet. Um, I mean, I, I literally am trying to think of them all right now and it's impossible. And um, one of the things that I did kind of think about is a little little piece of advice for parents when it comes to the meet and greet portion of uh, meeting a character is, um, although a little bit negative, uh, definitely as a character performer it takes a a gigantic toll on your body and um, so my trapezius muscles those are the the top muscles uh, in your back uh, closer to your neck uh, those are inflamed and they will never heal Um, I have um, definite damage to my neck as far as that goes and um, swollen discs in my lower back and a lot of those are from character performing Um, the trapezius muscles are actually from children Uh, pulling on uh, if like you meet Mickey and Minnie ever they're from if if you bend down to meet a child and the child pulls on the nose um, or pulls on the ear or even pulls on any part of the head at all it just can seriously injure the costume character it doesn't matter what costume character it is, Goofy, anybody um, even the biggest costume character so um, definitely if there are parents out there and they're bringing their kids to go see a costume character. The only thing I can recommend is definitely make sure that you're kind of realizing that there is, <laughs> it's, it's great to have that magic there and, and imagine that that character is real, but uh, I mean, try to think about as an adult that there is a person in there and if you're pulling on that character, ear, nose, whatever, it's most likely very painful for them. Um, and you know, if your kid's kicking the character in the legs, those are real legs. If your kid is, I I think my, my worst experience was a a parent who let their child tackle stitch to the ground.
0: Oh, geez.
1: um, Where I was (laughs) stitch and I got tackled to the ground and um, my kneecap actually um, became disconnected. um, So I had to go to the hospital. Uh, The eyes popped out of the costume and it was just really embarrassing. And this is just a, you know, classic parent letting their kid do whatever they want and assuming, you know, it'll be fine. It's just a character, um, kids being left alone to go see characters. I know I was talking to you about, um, kids who picked Mickey and Minnie up and threw them in the lagoon beside, uh, Cosmic Race.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was me. Yeah. We were talking about that, uh, we were talking about (laughs) that that off air last last week or yeah last time we were chatting we had you had mentioned and, uh, that story yeah
1: that was me the uh, the grad bash um, where the grad the graduating seniors picked Mickey and Minnie up and threw them in the water beside cosmic rays in the magic Kingdom and we just had to float around because if we get thrown in the water we're uh, not allowed to take the head off still um, if you do you get fired yeah. so we just kind of floated around so just one of the things I wanted to make sure people knew is that like you know if, if you wouldn't do it to a real human, um, if you wouldn't allow your child to do it to a real human, try to think about the fact that they shouldn't be doing it to a character either. Um, you know, if it's a man character, they're most likely just doing character things. I would so many, uh, fathers or boyfriends get angry at me, uh, as Mickey Mouse for possibly maybe bowing to their wife or grabbing their wife's hand or anything like that trying to fight me oh, um, well, it is a character um, yeah I, I think but, people
0: have to realize yeah that it's there is a person in there I mean I, I yeah. think it's good that you you brought that up I know you mentioned that like I do like to stay positive on this but I think it's there's things like this that we do have to talk about um, and there are people under there and I it's I, I feel bad that you're how much that actually did take a toll on your body. I mean, I didn't realize, I mean, I never thought about that at all, ever, that like a that would happen as someone with a, like the, a costume character.
1: It's one of the main reasons why I ended up transferring out of costume characters um, because of just the magnificent toll. They do offer uh, warm-ups at the beginning of your shift. You, they are required um, where you do some warm-up activities to stretch your, your neck, your legs, your hands for autographs, things like that. Um, and if you don't go to them, then that's your own fault. Um, but at the same time, there's some things you can't control. If a child pulls down on Mickey's nose, we are taught to just bend down and keep going with the kid. <laughs> you can't not to pull back up because that will actually injure you further. Um, same thing. If they pull on the ear, you just kind of go with it and you just pull. you just keep going with the child and you just lean down and wait for them to let go or somebody to notice. But, um, It is definitely something that I thought was important because there's so many characters out there that I'm sure have taken so much abuse. I got tackled, thrown into water, kicked so many times. Men have tried to fight the, you know, Mickey Mouse, (laughs) four foot eleven mouse because he kissed their wife's hand. Um, You know, just although you're sitting there trying to enjoy yourself and have that magic, you also you're an adult, you know. You know, there's a person. It's just a human, yeah. and you know, humans can only take so much. It does hurt, just like everybody else. If you kick them, or if you bang on their head, which did happen a lot, um, people would bang on the Mickey head or the Minnie head or, or things like that. And you know, would you bang on a human's head? <laughs> probably yeah. not.
2: No, I don't um, think so. So no. that
1: is probably the last thing that I would want to mention to people, um, and then keep it positive. After that, is is that was the main one of the main reasons why I ended up transferring out of costume characters because i know i told you it was a very top dog entertainment is top dog in Mm -hmm. the walt disney world um you know hierarchy um but i think after a while i had to move on to something that was a little bit less physically strenuous uh due to my multiple injuries that i had sustained from that particular role so
0: for sure no i completely yeah completely understand i mean you got to do what's definitely best for you and I think yeah, you came to a time where just all right. Well, I think it's time for me to to move on. So, so how so how was that transition? So what did you when you started um, looking? Yeah, what did you would you how did how that work?
1: With Walt Disney World, the uh, transfer process is is pretty laborious um, because you do have to be within a specific role for a a nice amount of time. And I decided I did have serving experience in the past, um, and I had served. Um, at rainforest cafe over in Disney's animal kingdom, um, which is a third party. Um, it's not part of Disney, but, um, and I'd also served at like a cracker bear all over Ruby Tuesday, a couple places on the side for a while. So, um, I did interview to become a server, um, you know, like a food service server, um, tipped position and that particular role did have about a, a six month waiting list.
0: Okay. A question, um, question about servers real quick. Are, are Disney college program uh, cast members allowed to be a server, or is it just is it you have to hire from, from the outside in?
1: I would very much doubt it. Um, I, I didn't do the college program, but in the many, in the many restaurants I've worked in, Walt Disney World, I have not ever seen a college program person as a server, like a tipped position server. Um, that role is, is very highly sought after. Okay. Um, like I said, it's about a six-month waiting list. Um, if somebody did become a server, it would have to be a very lucky person. Um, you know, they just happen to have a role at that moment open. Um, but I've never seen it. They usually take up the quick service positions because those are very low-paid. Um, along with that, the, um, the tips that you collect from uh, your role as a server or a bartender, those are cash. And uh, they they are not really traceable. And with the college program, um, they usually take the amount of money that you owe for your room and board out of your paycheck.
2: Yeah, so, true. Okay. Um,
1: I would assume that that wouldn't be something that they could do because uh they wouldn't have the funds to take it out of their paycheck because a lot of it is take home cash. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Okay.
1: Um, but the the transfer uh, process for that anyway was. I'm going to say probably about six months and it does take a little bit of maneuvering. Um, I kind of, if anybody were trying to do that, I I would recommend going for places that have a very high turnover rate. Um, such as, uh, trying to think the place that I finally got my start was Olivia's cafe.
0: Oh, the
1: West resort.
0: I love Olivia's. Um, I ate there for the first time last year. It's,
1: Oh my god!
2: Yeah, it's really good.
1: delicious breakfast it's one of the best breakfasts i think it's actually um kona cafe and olivia's cafe are two of the best breakfasts that you can get on oh, now, I, now, regret, now i now regret
0: now regret not getting breakfast while i was there
1: <laughs> um yeah two of the best breakfasts. it's a very small kitchen they close between breakfast and lunch so that they can transition the kitchen over because it's so small um they have delicious banana bread pudding um it is a breakfast and lunch place definitely but they do have dinner um, so I, it has a very high turnover rate. Um, people usually do go to a different restaurant after being there for a little bit. As soon as their transfer is available, they'll put themselves back on the waiting list for some of the more, I'm going to say, high money places. Mm-hmm. Um, the places where you could make the most money would probably be the character buffets.
0: Oh, true.
1: Hoop-dee-doo review. Those um, servers make about six figures a year. What? Um, they do, yes. They're very. They, if you ever go to Hoop Duty Review, you'll definitely notice one thing. The, um, and I apologize, <clears throat> the um, servers there are very old. Okay. And that is because their livelihood is this Hoop Diddy Review. It is a really good money spot because an automatic 18% gratuity is included with a very expensive dinner show. And then people usually do tip on top of it. So they, they have the potential to make. Uh, six figures.
0: Wow. That, I've, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I never, I, yeah, I never even thought that could be possible. That's insane. Holy moly. The,
1: uh, the character dining people as well make, make very good money. Um, those are usually positions where you would have to wait for a very long time, or so, some hoop de doo is probably, we used to joke about it, somebody would have to die.
2: Um, oh, no, so jeez. Kind of, <laughs> you just kind
1: of watch the old people that are working there and just kind of check their health every now and again.
2: Oh, geez.
1: Uh, Yes. It was a sick joke. Sorry. Um, But we, we used to joke about that. Um, So I did work in Olivia's because that does have a very high turnover rate. Um, So I knew that I would have the ability to get in there pretty quickly. And uh, that that was definitely
0: smart of you to, to to do that.
1: Um, the casting people definitely will help with that as well. Um, if somebody does want to transfer like that, they'll usually try to hint to you the places that have the highest turnover rates um, so that you can you know, have the most successful transition. I, I understand that there's people who just want something, a.k.a. 18-year-old Brandy, if you listen to the show the last time I was on it, where I walked in and said, I want the great movie ride, I want Kilimanjaro Safaris, I won't <laughs> take anything else, if you're like that then you're going to be on a waiting list for a very long time um, Mm -hmm. because you're not going to get chef Mickey's right off the bat. Um, It's impossible. I mean, I'm sure people have done it, but it's, it's, it's very unlikely. Um, It's very unlikely that you're going to get hooty Doo right off the bat or anything like that. Those are very, very tough to get. Um, So the best bet, if you want to get into serving and uh, as much as It's not going to be six figures. Olivia's cafe breakfast was probably, I'm going to say, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. I worked another job at the time as well. I worked at a Carabas, So I would leave that job and go to Carabas right after. Um, So it was a very long day, but it was nice because I could have that nighttime position. And um, Olivia's cafe breakfast from 7 to 3, um, you could make an easy $175 a day. So that's not anything to stick your nose up at.
0: Yeah. So did you, did you just work breakfast the entire time or did you do, did you do lunch or dinner at all?
1: Um, it was breakfast and lunch. So it was a breakfast and lunch shift, um, at Olivia's. And then, um, after I I was in my transfer, I know I was able to transfer because I did put in for a transfer right away as soon as I had the ability to transfer. And, um, how long, how
0: long do you have to wait for like a transfer?
1: Um, lateral transfers, which is going to be like another food and beverage location, I believe if I remember correctly is three months. Um, and if you want to transfer to a different department, that's six months. Um, so if I wanted to transfer to attractions or somewhere else, that would be six months. Um, but this was a lateral one. So I only had to wait 90 days. Um, well, so how,
0: how long did it take for you to transfer from a costume character to, um, a server?
1: Uh that was probably about uh a year.
0: Oh, wow, it really took that long?
1: Um yes, because another thing that you have to take into consideration is the fact that um it would be a status change at the time I had actually downgraded to part-time. Okay. Um so if you're a full-time, you have to wait for a full-time position unless you're willing to drop down to part-time. If you're part-time, you have to wait for a part-time position or a full-time position. To open, you know, so it it does get kind of complicated with the with the statuses as far as that goes So I did have to wait for a part-time position to open because I didn't want a seasonal position. Those are kind of Crap Uh because they don't get any hours, you know, so yeah um, I I did want to wait for a part-time position. So I knew I would get those hours Um, but thankfully uh, with Olivia's I was lucky because um, I put myself on a couple waiting lists um after my 90 days but it uh, just so happened that i think this was probably don't quote me i think this was probably around 2012 and i'd been in food and beverage for a little bit uh, probably about three or four months and they were opening up new fantasyland and um the BR guest restaurant was actually uh, one of the opportunities that you could have to interview out
0: Oh, um, okay. Your
1: role. So they did not make you go on a waiting list for the BR Guest restaurant. They were hiring, they were interviewing for openers for that restaurant. Oh, wow. So um, you could go in and you could schedule an appointment and you could go in and talk to them and they would hire you based on your interview as opposed to, um, you know, being on a waiting list for your seniority, which seniority with the Disney company is very important. Um, how long you've been in the company is very important. Um, and in this case seniority did not matter because you were just you know going based on your personality and so i went in and interviewed and everything like that and they said we'll get back to you and then i'm gonna say probably about uh three weeks later i got a call saying that they wanted me to come in and open be our guest as one of their uh nighttime servers
0: oh that's so cool
1: it was it was definitely a really interesting experience
0: yeah so did you only have to do the the one interview for that was that it
1: Yep. um, It was just the one interview. Oddly enough, it it wasn't multiple interviews, I think. Um, You just went in and you uh, went in on your interview time. They asked you uh, standard server questions. um, And I managed to do it on the first try, I guess. Um, So they called me and uh, I ended up transferring over to Be Our Guest to open that restaurant um, away from Olivia's Olivia's Cafe. So it was a really cool experience to be able to open that um, because it was a whole bunch of servers from a whole different whole bunch of different restaurants so um you got to get a whole bunch of really awesome opinions about how to open this restaurant so um it was kind of like a team effort the managers had a little bit to do with it but for the most part it was just a a bunch of really great serving opinions figuring out the best way to make it work
0: so what was so what was that experience like so well first so at this time was I forget was fantasy the new fantasy land open and they were, w- um, were waiting for br guest to open
1: it was not no br guest opened with new fantasy land um okay. so um it was yeah br guest opened with new fantasy land so um, the only thing that didn't open with new fantasy land was the seven dwarfs mine train yeah i believe and that one opened about a year and a half later mm-hmm. Um, but everything else opened at that time, so okay, gotcha. um, it was it was actually horrible because um, if you want a little insider thing that I don't know if many people know about is um, when Be Our Guest was opened up for reservations, um, the Disney Reservation center, uh, their system crashed. Uh huh. So because too many people were trying to make reservations at the yeah, time. Yeah,
0: I feel like that. I feel like that had to have been one of the most sought after reservations i mean it, it, it still was. is to this day it's still one of the top ones
1: i have actually never eaten there um but um if i know that the reservation uh, system crashed and so what happened is everybody who had been trying to book reservations maybe i think they got their reservations but then the reservations were just still showing as available so Uh-oh. every reservation for the first six months that the restaurant was open was double booked.
0: oh no <laughs> And so, so, so how did we that work? What mad happened?
1: Madhouse, madhouse. Uh, people were showing up, and they'd have to wait forty-five minutes for their table. Oh. And we were trying everything, like, but for for the first little bit, actually, the beast was not there, so it wasn't as crazy as it is now. The beast was actually he was added later. Okay. Um. So he wasn't there. He didn't have a beast meet and greet for the first six months. Um. He was added after the first six months, and. Then it kind of worked out. They had a system going, but for the first six months, it was pretty crazy. Um, I would definitely, I would definitely, if I could do it again, be like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did have to be a very, a very quick and efficient server, and uh, I tend to be a little bit more personable. And uh, this is a very fine dining um, opportunity. There's not really a lot of uh, opportunity for like making, making magic happen there. Um, because it does have to be very quick, very efficient, very quiet.
0: Okay. I I, I actually have a question. My buddy told me a story one time about, um, there was like a waiter there and he was reciting lines from like the beer, uh, from beauty and the beast about uh, like he was making my buddy ask the dishes if the gray stuff was delicious. Did you, (laughs) did you, did you do anything like that? Have you heard of any other waiters doing that?
1: Um, they, I think they gave us uh, some stuff that we could do I don't think I ever did that okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't really think that was the type of server I was um, but I, I did one of the things that I used to get in trouble for a lot was the grey stuff at the time was not it was free um, so it was not I think now it's a cupcake um, they, they put it on a cupcake I'm not sure either it's the Grey Stuff cupcake, but before that, they had, like, the Grey Stuff, and you could put it in order for the Grey Stuff, and it was, like, this little, like, I don't know, little dollop of Grey Stuff with little beads on it, and it said, try the Grey Stuff. It was written in chocolate on the, uh, on the, uh, plate, and I could show you a picture. Somebody took a picture of it way back when I was serving there, and it was free, and it was supposed to be only for celebrations, but one of the things that I would always do for my guests is like, you know, I figured you wanted to try the gray stuff, and I'd always give it to them uh, because that's like part of it, you know. And so I would ask them if they wanted to try the gray stuff, and I'd bring it for them if they ordered dessert and, you know, all this other stuff. I, I don't think I was quite as charismatic as that particular server, but that is definitely something that um, is encouraged if, if you wanted to do that. I, I don't think I was... Uh, quite as as care and that's odd because I was a character. But I think I, I took serving very seriously. Uh, so I would be cheerful if you wanted, but uh, I I always assumed that people were not there to see me. Uh, they were there for the atmosphere and the food and stuff like that. So I think that's probably why I never did that. But that is very cool <laughs> of that server. I've never eaten at the our guest but my sister has and her server was not like that so i think the server definitely does make the experience
0: yeah I, I i we ate there once in like 2013 and i i actually really liked it the meal was fantastic i remember yeah i don't remember too much about the service um but i just remember really liking my meal and i haven't been back since though so
1: i think they changed a lot of it but i did not really like um working there because it, it is true people really wanted to enjoy that experience and i was not used to how slow people would eat
2: mm, gotcha. just
1: so slow and sometimes they would if the fireworks were going on at the time they'd leave granny at the table and then they'd go watch the fireworks and then they'd come back and um, their food would be there and they'd complain their food was cold or you know or they'd you know, food would be sitting there then they'd start eating and by this point this table's been there for 45 minutes and to be honest we do get in trouble uh if the table sits there too long um they would wonder what are you what could you be doing to get this table out quicker
2: oh wow pretty
1: much um and so they kind of look at you like in the computer they the table would will, will turn red after a specific amount of time uh-huh. um because it has been there too long um so every table was read at this restaurant, especially in the beginning because people were just so excited to be there and so excited to be in the atmosphere and things like that. And the, the, um, Rose gallery, which was the part off to the side with all of the paintings in it. Um, which I don't know if that's open for dinner. It used to not be open for dinner. That was not open. So, um, that was just a completely closed room. That was a server alley. And, So along with that, people would get so mad that they couldn't go in there. And I'm just like, eh. Uh, But people were so slow. And, you know, really, because people were so slow, the money wasn't really as great as people thought it was. I didn't really feel like I had the opportunity to kind of talk to people the way that I wanted to. So I ended up putting in for a transfer again uh, to go over to bartending.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I I feel like um, it's literally, I think, the most themed restaurant within – Walt Disney World, I mean, I think it's the one that everyone wants to go to because it's, I mean, it's the Beast Castle. I mean, it's something you've seen in the movie growing up and it's everyone just wants to see it. Because, I mean, I remember when we, when we went in, we, I mean, we sat, we ate our dinner, we were in the main ballroom. Um, but then, like, after we ate, we got up and, like, walked around, we met the Beast. Um, and we did all that, but we, yeah, we, I, I, mean, I'm always conscious of the time because I know, I know Disney, I they am. have turnarounds, but, um, actually. if I go
2: sit
1: somewhere, I never pay attention to the time. I'm awful at that. And my husband gets <laughs> so mad at me because he's like, like you're a server. Why would you not, yeah. you know, care about oh. this? And I'm like, oh,
2: well. <laughs>
0: Actually, I just remembered. I I have a question. So, since you worked at Olivia's, so this is an Olivia-specific question. So, when I went on my trip last year, I don't know if this different now, but when I went on my trip last year, we went. uh, We wanted to get dinner at like six thirty. We arrived at the hotel Mm -hmm. at like five, and there wasn't there wasn't really there wasn't a lot of people in the restaurant. Like it was pretty. It was kind of half empty. And when Mm I when I even looked uh on the my disney experience app to make like a reservation it said that there was availability like every 15 minutes so i was like okay maybe i could just like walk up and then we'll find a spot like i didn't bother getting reservation but then later on i walked up to to the main uh the hostess and they were like oh it's gonna be about like a half hour wait and like the the restaurant's like half empty and i probably could have went on some of my Disney app to like book a reservation, but like they wouldn't, I wasn't allowed to sit for like a half hour. I went to the, the I think the Girling suitcase was the name of the bar next door.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. The Girling so, suitcase. Yeah. Bar.
0: So, yeah. So do you, do you know why that might've been if it's like, if Disney has like a half empty restaurant, but I still have to wait like a half hour. The
1: only thing I can think of, and, and this is just from my experience at Olivia's is that if it was around 7 something, you said it was 7 o'clock or 6.30?
0: It, I remember it was like 6.30, 6.15. I can't like
1: even imagine there. it, but this is the only thing I can think of is that they made cuts too early. And possibly they got rid of too many servers because it wasn't busy. And uh, each Disney server is usually only allowed to have about four tables at a time.
2: Oh, gotcha. Um, because
1: they want to preserve that, um, that experience. They want to preserve the quality of the service things like that so that the h disney server granted I, I i worked at olivia's and i know they gave me more tables than that but maybe <sighs> they thought that dinner service is, is different than breakfast service and breakfast service is really wham bam thank you ma'am
0: mm-hmm. um
1: which it was not it was still still tough um yeah. but that was the only reason we,
0: i could think of it was like maybe yeah. servers that's literally the only reason i could think of
1: They're supposed to only have four tables apiece. Um, And if they took a fifth table, that might really mess with the quality. So I'm assuming that each server had the maximum amount of tables that they could take and they possibly either were short-staffed or they cut too early or something like that. But uh, for the most part, Disney usually doesn't care about that. But at such a small establishment like Olivia's, I can imagine that that would be the case. Gotcha. Okay.
0: All right. So... um... Well, I guess we can move on to your – because you, you said you put in your transfer. Was there anything else you want to share about uh, Be Our Guest before we kind of move on um, to – I guess you you said you went to bartending.
1: I did, yeah. No, be Our Guest was um, was really, really fun. It was good to be able to open that. I have my little Be Our Guest opening team sweater, and I have a T-shirt that I never wear. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really great. I think it definitely hasn't changed a lot um, from the time that I left. Um, And the servers are still uh, really, really amazing there. Um, The only thing I can tell people about Be Our Guest that I would recommend is the dinner experience is really not that different from the lunch or breakfast experience. Um, So a lot of people really just worry about getting the dinner reservation, and it is not necessary. Um, They didn't have breakfast at the time that I worked there, but um, I, I saw that they did recently, and I, I think it's just the exact same thing, only it's just so much cheaper. If you're on a budget, just make a lunch reservation. You can get not all the same stuff. And I know a lot of people make a big deal about the alcohol.
2: Mm, because yeah. they
1: do have the wine and beer there. But if you're just looking to go into the castle and to enjoy the atmosphere and things like that, just go to breakfast or lunch and it is the exact same thing. The Beast isn't there, but... If you just want to walk around the castle and take pictures and stuff, I go to lunch. That's probably why I have never had the dinner experience. I go to lunch. They have the most delicious French onion soup. It is vegetarian as well. It's so good.
2: Oh,
0: I love French onion soup.
1: Yes, it's delicious. It's the best French onion soup I've ever had. They have delicious French onion soup. Um, And then so you can go in there and you can get French onion soup and chocolate cream puff. Mm -hmm. um, Which their chocolate cream puffs are delicious. I used to hope that they had leftover chocolate cream puffs. Um, and you can go in there and you can spend $11 and you can sit down and you still get a table. You could sit down, you can enjoy yourself and then you can walk around just the same as if you're going into the night thing. It's great for a special evening out, but if you don't have that much money and if you really don't have that much time either, because that can be a two-hour dining experience. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a fine dining experience. We would get in trouble if the champagne cork popped things like that but um if you if you want to do that breakfast and lunch is just as good i prefer it because it's a little bit more relaxed
0: nice yeah good tip definitely for sure i, I do want to check it out because i know the menus change a bit and i, I definitely want to check it out for lunch so all right cool so so you put in your transfer and where where'd you go next
1: i ended up going over to um this was about shoot this was actually not a long process. Um, oddly enough, I think I caught when I interviewed for bartending, it was a phone interview and, um, he called me and I just happened to catch it where he was hiring a bartender at the time, um, for the pop century resort. So, um, he was hiring a bartender for the pop century resort, a part-time bartender. And, um, It ended up working out really nicely, the timing. So I I probably only waited about three months on the transfer list before I interviewed with him and went over to the Pop Century. Um, The one thing about the bartenders uh, everywhere, for the most part, you'll notice the bartenders that have been there a really long time. Um, most bartenders are pretty old
0: <laughs> yeah that i it's it's funny because i mean especially on my last trip a well, lot past two trips I and mean, we went to a lot of the lounges and the different bars and i do notice that a lot of them are are, are older because i remember like a couple of them they like they moved to florida like 20 years ago and they've been doing mm-hmm. this ever since and
1: there's a um, couple of bartenders that i've talked to um who applied to walt disney world um, or actually servers definitely there's a couple servers like view at the polynesian for example um some of the very first uh because i bartended at the polynesian which i guess we'll talk about a little later but um when i talked to the, some of the servers and bartenders especially um these are career servers and bartenders um some of them applied in a trailer like they went and they applied in a trailer on a dirt lot
2: uh-huh. and
1: said I would like to work at Walt Disney world, please. And they put them at the Polynesian or, you know, the grand Floridian or things like that, because these are, this was the first, um, resorts that they had and they didn't even have a casting area yet. And so you'll notice these people and they've been in this company for a really long time. Um, these are career bartenders. Um, so, I mean, I could not imagine getting better drinks from them, but, um, from, From the point of view of somebody who is very guest service oriented, um, they're not really the type of bartender that you're going to want to spend your whole day with. Yeah. Um, Because I think they kind of get burnt out from the customer service because they they have to go so fast. Um, There's a lot of people to see, a lot of drinks to make, and they just go as fast as they can. And and unless you really stop and kind of goad them into talking to you, uh, they're not going to. Okay. Um, and that's how it is at all of the uh, value resorts, especially because um, I worked at Pop Century for a little while. Um, and one of the things about part-time bartenders is something that I did mention earlier: um, the hours are not guaranteed. Um, you you don't get guaranteed any hours. So there were one or two weeks where I uh, had no hours throughout the the oh. you know. Just kinda
0: schedule. I mean, how does that work? Like why why even have you on the schedule if they're not gonna put you on there? Like did they have Um, too many bartenders or
1: they have full time bartenders there. They had three full time bartenders and I think two part time bartenders. And the part time bartenders for when the for are for where the full time bartenders need a vacation or time off or things like that. So they need to have those part time bartenders because they need to have them cover the days off or the vacations, things like that. But they they are required to give the full time bartenders 32 hours. And if there is no volume, it's actually the problem I'm having right now. My hotel, the all the bartenders are complaining. If there's no volume, it's a pool bar. Right now, I'm actually I'm covered in a blanket. In Florida, it's about 50 degrees right now. Uh, yeah. Um. So you're not going to be going to the pool. And so in those cases, there really is no hours for the part-timer. There's no extra hours to give out. So what I ended up doing in that case was um, I kind of created this uh, little lifeline, which was (laughs) like a a text chain, so to speak, where I would go to the other resorts. Like um, thankfully, a lot of the pool bars, they're very interchangeable every pool bar has the exact same pool bar menu. So if that's something you notice, if you ever go to a, a swimming pool, you're gonna have pretty much all the same drinks, except every hotel has um, like maybe two or three specialty drinks that are only at that, ho- that hotel pool bar.
0: Mm, okay, I, um, haven't, I haven't noticed, so. <laughs> they,
1: they always have the same drinks. So if you really like a drink at one pool bar, you'll, as long as it's not one of the specialty pool bars for that resort, you will be able to get it at any other pool bar. But um, I made like a chain of people, so I went to all the different other hotels, uh, all-star music, all-star sports, all-star movies, and the brand new Art of Animation. I think Art of Animation had just been built like that the week before. Okay. Um, Or the year before, sorry. And so I went to all of those and got the numbers of all of the bartenders and just kind of every week when the schedule came out, I would send texts to everybody. Hey, I'm available this day, this day, this day, this day. Let me know if you want my shift. And so uh, if you want to give me one of your shifts. So it ended up working out, but it, it was definitely a lot of work. So if there is somebody who wants to work in bartending at Walt Disney World, you just have to realize that uh, getting shifts is never easy. Um, it, it was a constant battle of just waiting until that schedule came out and then sending out that text and kind of it, it was like begging almost i
0: mean at least you were you were proactive and you were on top of it to make sure you're you're able to have your own livelihood so. oh
1: yeah no, it was it was like begging and you could make your money art of animation is a great hotel to make money like they they i could make just as much money at art of animation as i could at the Polynesian. Oh, wow. because it, yeah well, so I mean there's there's great.
0: definitely there's more volume of people on anim- animation mm-hmm. I mean you can fit maybe like twice as many as you can at the Polynesian oh, yeah. so there's definitely and more it, foot it, traffic
1: the pool bar is also the only bar um, all the value resorts they only have one bar and it's only the pool bar
0: oh no kidding so well, then, they yeah. <laughs> don't have
1: any other bar um, and a uh, horror story I was at the art of animation one time I picked up a shift so it was not my home bar um, and I believe the closing bartender called in and I was the mid-bartender and it was very, very busy and I didn't know what to do because the a.m. person was like, bye, and they went home. And that day, um, I had a line of about 50 people for, I'm going to say, from 1 o'clock until 12 o'clock. 1 o'clock p.m. to 12 o'clock a.m. I just had... 50 people line the entire time. I started calling through the line, going, "If you don't, if you want the line to move quicker, don't get frozen drinks because we make them all from scratch." Oh wow! And so it's, "Don't get frozen drinks, just get beer, please." And like, (laughs) people are like, at the at the time they they're waiting 20 minutes for a drink, they decided, "Well, I waited my time. I'm gonna get a frozen drink," and that just made it so. And at the end of the day, and people will always ask me, like, "I know that the bartenders at Disney make money." I guess it is all about the money when you're in the tipping business, I yeah. guess. And, uh, they said, when, when was the time that you made the most money? That was it. Um, I sold 7,000, I know I'm going to say probably about, um, $8,000, um, in just booze mm-hmm. by myself,
2: <laughs> 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 which,
1: and, um, I made $950. Oh, wow. And uh, people are like, well, that's great. I mean, that sounds like a great day. I said, no, I closed. And I sat on the gross bar floor and uh, I cried.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, definitely a mentally the worst draining day.
1: Day ever. And so that was kind of, you know bartending people understood they de- definitely did but um those were definitely some some tough shifts yeah, i give the bartenders their major props a lot of the time because they deal with a lot of people everywhere mm-hmm. but i became the um because i worked at all the resorts so much i became one of the global bar trainers of the value resort pool bars
0: oh nice um,
1: so I could go and train at any of the pool bars. I could train bartenders at any of the pool bars, which it worked in my favor that I yeah. was uh, kind of like a, kind of like a bar hopper at that point. Um, so I could train any of them. Um, and then we, I went over to uh, Polynesian when once again, we were opening a new bar, um, which was the Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. Oh, cool. Um, so I, I, and yeah, over I, and I really that want to one try up. that.
0: I really want to try it out. I haven't, I haven't been there yet. You haven't. Yeah. No. Are
1: you a big fan of the jungle cruise? Um,
0: I wouldn't say a big fan. I mean, I enjoy it. Uh, but I, I mean, I know all the, the history behind Trader Sam's and, uh, oh, maybe, well, maybe not, maybe not the history, but I know the story behind it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the things that I can definitely warn people about is, um, Trader Sam's does become, uh, 21 plus after eight o'clock which a lot of people do not realize it it opens up at four o'clock and um so you can go in at four o'clock and you can have a nice time it seats like 51 people so you should always get there early um yeah here it gets
0: pretty crowded
1: yes you should get there early wait in line and get yourself a pager and everything they'll page you you can come back in and um if you get there first great um Otherwise, it will be a little bit of a weight, which is fine. It's worth it. Um, But they do also have an outside bar that doesn't have all the effects. But it has some really strong drinks. That's some of the strongest drinks in the Polynesian. These are tiki drinks. Some of them have six to eight ounces of alcohol in them. Um, Like, you're going to feel good after you go there. (laughs) Um, But uh, it, it is really funny because I like to think in that particular case, I prefer to sit at the bar. Because uh, the bartenders kind of run the show in that area. It's almost like you're watching a show.
0: Yeah. Um, so did you have to? Did you have to interview again since this was an opening uh, bar? How did that work? Yes. Okay. You, you
1: have to interview again? Every time you open something, you have to interview um, because they they pick their they pick their staff by hand because it's the people that they want to uh, to interview with, and actually uh, some of the people. <laughs> Uh, from Trader Sam's were uh, people that opened been be our guest as well. So oh. you can kind of tell the people that like to, and actually I worked with them for about eight months, I think. And then two or three of them went off and opened up the Skipper Cantina oh, in nice. um, Magic Kingdom. And then the other couple went over and opened the Abracadabra, which is uh, in the boardwalk.
2: Uh, so that's a, Some that's people another just one, like to open things. <laughs> Cool. But
1: I think at that time I did not go over and open them because I was the only trainer they had left.
2: Because <laughs>
1: okay. I came over and I um, became a trainer over there because I was a trainer at my uh, last one. So um, technically in the Polynesian you are under an umbrella. Um, so you do have to learn every bar. There's about four or five bars in the Polynesian. You have to learn every one and be able to go up and just walk up and start bartending at any bar at any time.
0: Oh, no um, kidding. Okay.
1: Yeah, so, but thankfully, I mean, or, or not thankfully, whichever you could think of it, um, I was pretty much stuck at Trader Sam's. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I worked at the pool bar a little bit, and it's the number one busiest pool bar. Um, so it's a great pool bar if you uh, if you ever go to the Polynesian, the Barefoot Pool Bar, and they just opened a new one, the Oasis Pool Bar. Um, and I did work that a couple, a little bit, but I was pretty much stuck at Trader Sam's, so I didn't really have to work any of the other bars in there. Um, but if you haven't been, oh my God, you have to go.
2: You'll, yeah, you'll love it.
0: No, I definitely going to have to. So, um, okay. So we have about like, like 15 minutes left. Um, so I, I know we're going to, I don't know how much more you have to share, but I, I love listening to, to everything. Um, so I want to try to wrap things up within the next like 15 minutes or so. So, so what, are you, so what else happened at, while you're working at the Polynesian, uh, Polynesian and then what kind of happens after that?
1: Um, I ended up uh, leaving the company after about a year and a half at the Polynesian, and I went over and I took a position as head bartender at the uh, Hilton Orlando um, over by the convention center. Um, So I I did enjoy that because, although Disney is great, um, I'm definitely not um, a career bartender. Uh Um, I I can get that right off the bat. I jumped around in my Disney. I did put in for a transfer uh, at Disney, um, but... I didn't really want to wait for it at that point. It had been such a long, a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't want to wait for it again because I really, as much as I wanted to continue working for the company, I, I actually did not like Trader Sam's.
2: okay. <laughs> Be- probably
1: because I was so used to working in pool bars. Um yeah. I work in, you know, I live in Florida. Um, I think that working in a pool bar is just one of those great perks that you can have. When working in a climate that is just consistently tropical. Yeah,
2: that's and,
1: uh, you have And it, it's sometimes hot, but you just get used to it. Working so long in pool bars, I got used to it. And I don't mind the heat at all. So I don't mind sweating. Um, I worked in characters for so long. I don't know if you realize, but underneath those costumes, those characters are dripping sweat. They're covered, soaked in sweat. So I am so used to sweating as it was, um, so I, I like the pool bars better. But when I was stuck in Trader Sam's, it is kind of a windowless room, windowless closet. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so it definitely was a little bit suffocating for me, and I, I just didn't want to wait for the uh, for the transfer to go through because it could take three to uh, three to six months uh, to do that transfer. And I was offered a position um, by, by somebody that I knew at the Hilton, so I decided to take
2: it.
0: Nice. So, so I, why don't we take like some of the rest of the time to maybe reflect back a little bit on your times as a bartender, because I know you can meet like a lot of people. Um, I mean, for instance, our, my, our mutual friend, Matt, he was the one who kind of set this up because you met him uh, and his now husband. Um, I think you, I think it was at Pop Century. You it guys was at Pop Century. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so kind of talk about some I think of
1: Matt like name. Hi Matt.
0: <laughs> Hi Matt. Um but yeah, so kind kind of talk about like maybe some of the memorable like people that you've met because I mean you I, you must talk to so many people around the world when you're you're bartending. So with with like the last few minutes that we have uh, yeah, just kind of I want to hear some of the stories you might have from working as a bartender.
1: I do like it um especially having bartended for a couple of years, especially at the Disney resorts um because if there's people who are Disney Vacation Club members, which is a little bit more for the Polynesian, but um, Pop Century, for example, even if you're not a Disney Vacation Club member, people come back and they stay at the Pop Century every year. So although I didn't get as much of an experience, there were a couple of bartenders that I knew, like I said, the old career bartenders not old. Ooh, I feel bad. Uh, they're in their six, they're in their fifties. I don't know, not old, but, um, you know, definitely older than me. And, um, they, they apparently some of them said, Oh, that's, that's little Jamie. And that's his parents, Rhonda and Doug. Uh, they've been coming here for the past 16 years. He's in college now. I remember him when he was five.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, You remember that kid when they were five, and they've come here and visited you at the bar every year, and he remembers that kid every year, and although I wasn't really there long enough to have anything like that, I did have people who would come back, and they'd say, hey, remember me? I I worked there, so that was really cool that I got that uh, experience to be able to see people um, each year and kind of see them grow and, you know, see talk to them about what they did last year. Um, And so it was really cool to be able to see the same people like year after year come to visit the bar and Hey, I remember you Brandy, you made me this delicious drink. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: Since I did move bars. um, I I don't know if those people came back looking for me again. Uh, They definitely would come to Trader Sam's. Um, I know that Trader Sam's in particular is a very cast member bar. Um, So it is a lot of locals it's a lot of uh it, it could get aggravating so it is it is a lot of mm. locals it's a lot of people who come back again and again and again yeah well, and they I, kind of consider it their bar uh
0: yeah i feel like it's well it's one of the more like kind of like be our guest where it's a well-themed restaurant this is like a very well-themed lounge and yeah people and kind of love are the going theme. for the experience
1: yeah they love the theme they love everything about it i remember uh one time the the pearl the Polynesian pearl was like a big deal in Trader Sam's and um, one I what's think what's the Polynesian in, pearl the Polynesian pearl is um it, it's a drink that comes in a plastic pearl um and when somebody orders it uh, Shelly, who's in the corner it's just this big giant clam uh, we would press a button and the clam would glow and it'd go like oh pretty much and uh, we would pull the pearl out of Uh, Shelly, and uh, it was this big anticipation thing because um, the pollination pearl, about one in a hundred would be a black pearl. And uh, it was a big anticipation thing because these people, I don't know, these these locals, cast members, annual pass holders, locals would come over and over again. And this drink is $16, I think. Yeah, it's about $16 because you keep the cup.
0: Yeah, I'm no, looking at not, it now. I had to. I had to look at it real quick.
1: Drink. It's not a very good drink. I think it's um, let me think. Cinnamon syrup. Um, oh hold on, I'm trying to think. Cinnamon syrup, passion fruit juice, uh, rum chata, and fireball or something like that. Rum chata and uh, something else. I think it's a type of rum. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> maybe passion fruit. <laughs> um, it's been a while. But um, it had passion fruit juice. Um, it kind of tastes like uh, cinnamon toast crunch uh, if you put orange juice instead of milk. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. Um,
1: so it, it's pretty good. Um, but I wouldn't drink it. And um, <laughs> so they would just sit there when, when Shelly was like, oh ah! <laughs> and they'd wait for the bartender to reach in and pull out a pearl. And if it was a black one, they were just very lucky. And because uh, it was one in 100. And <laughs> there was one day – where it was uh, Halloween, I think, or Friday the 13th, and every pearl was black.
2: Oh, really? (laughs) That was, like,
1: advertised on social media or something. Like, I don't know what happened. We had so many people. It was lines out the door. Like, you couldn't get in. Everybody was just coming up and ordering four, five, six black pearls. Because
0: they just wanted it as, like, a collector's item because of how rare it is to get a black
2: pearl.
1: Big deal. Big deal. And I'm like, okay, I got one. I'll be
2: real. <laughs> I
1: took one. Um, but I, I think I gave it to my sister, to be honest. I didn't really see the necessity for it. But um, I've never really been particularly sentimental with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is that still um, a thing that
0: happens there?
1: It, sh- I, it should be. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I didn't leave too long ago, about two years. And, uh, yeah, it should be a, still a thing that happens there. Um, usually, I mean, I would try to give people the black pearl if they made a big deal about it. But usually asking doesn't really help. Yeah. Um, because the bartenders probably do have control over. I used to save the black pearl <laughs> <laughs> for um when somebody really really wanted it. Like if if somebody was like, it's I've been coming in here. I've got six black pearls and I've got six white pearls and I just want that black pearl so badly. And the servers will say, hey, she's been she bought five black. She bought five pearls, just black one. You know, <laughs> We're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so then I would usually we would. Put the black pearl aside inside shelly and then we would pull it out if somebody really, really wanted it. Because you know, sometimes somebody would get the black pearl and they they would have absolutely no idea what it meant. And we used to joke about it because Trader Sam's, the bartenders and the servers, it's very much like a Dick's Last Resort type thing. We make a, we were supposed to make a lot of jokes. Just so many jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we would joke when we pulled the black pearl out and said, Shelly must have eaten something bad or, you know, something like that. And so <laughs> we actually had a guy return the black pearl because he thought that it was rotten or something like he didn't want it.
2: Oh, interesting. And we
1: were like, oh, my God, dude, what? You have no <laughs> idea. So we, we that's one of the reasons why we would save it. We didn't want to give it to somebody who just didn't want it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that, that those those annual pass holders and cast members got me every time. I was like, you guys are so weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and they would recite along with it, which was actually, I can say something. Uh, if you are an annual pass holder, or if you are a cast member, and you're listening to this, reciting things with skippers on the Jungle Cruise, <laughs> um, in the theme park attractions, in Trader Sam's, anything like that. We don't like it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, uh,
1: I, I don't. I don't like it. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, know I can kind of. I,
0: I feel like I can kind of see that as like disrespectful. Like you know, like nobody I, likes it. Yeah, it's like I'm just trying Nobody's, to do my job. Just yeah, yeah.
1: The jokes are the same. Disney writes most of the jokes that we're allowed to say. Um, it's like a binder they give you when you start at Trader Sam's that's yeah, filled with jokes.
0: I was, <laughs> was going to ask, like, do you have to be cheesy just like the Jungle Cruise?
1: Yes, exactly. It's, okay. it's jokes that they write and we would make up jokes. Um, but in the end they would have to be approved. Um, cause I think I made something up. What was it? We, there was no flash photography. So we decided to do like, we had this big like necklace that was made out of coconuts and so we would, uh, we had a bell. And if somebody did flash photography, we would call them the beads of shame. And uh, so one of the bartenders would go, Flasher! Flasher! We have a flasher!
2: Oh, jeez. Like,
1: and point to them. And then we would ring the bell. And um, this is a Game of Thrones reference. And we'd ring the bell and go, Shame! Ding, 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 shame, Uh ding, ding, ding. And then they would wear the beads of shame, and the next person that did flash photography, they would pass the beads on to somebody else and we got in trouble for that and that was not something that was allowed because we (laughs) couldn't shame them apparently. So we, we would make jokes like that a lot of the time. Um, and we would try to make up our own jokes and they would either get accepted or they would not. So (laughs) yeah, it really depended on how, how they took it.
0: Yeah. I can see that not, uh, not doing so hot, but that's, that's pretty funny. I am a big game of Thrones fan, so I think it's hilarious, but, uh, (laughs) but cool. So, so I kind of want to start wrapping things up. We're almost at the uh, the hour mark now. Um Awesome. Yeah, so I mean if if there's any last words you want to share over the we, I mean we've we've talked together for 2 hours now or if are there <laughs> any last are there any last words you kind of want to share as we kind of wrap up your your experience working at Disney because it's it's been so great listening to your stories. You've been you've been insightful. You've had such crazy experiences and you've 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 been through the ringer you've done a lot uh working with the company so but uh but yeah any 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 final any final thoughts
1: well i know definitely uh, i appreciate it if people are even listening to this because um i definitely know uh uh, people that know me have heard my stories a million times um but i appreciate it if uh you guys are enjoying it. Um, if you do, you can always, I don't know if, um, not, if you wouldn't mind linking my Instagram, I think I, I liked you on Instagram. If people want to ask more questions, they can. Um, but one of the things that I definitely think is important is, um, a lot of people, when they see pictures or videos or things like that, um, they say something like, man, I wish I could do that. And I kind of message them or comment or text them back and say, well, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you want to do it, why not? And nobody usually has an answer for me. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, it's not, I'm hoping maybe people will get from this. It's not an impossible thing, uh, to do at all. If it's something that you really want to do, I just, I don't understand why people just don't do it. You yeah. know, I, I wish I could do that. That's the coolest thing. I always wanted to do that. Like if, if you always wanted to do it, then do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, um, like I mean, I did. <laughs> yeah, you you put yourself down there. You were like, I don't want to go to college. I want to work for Disney. So mm-hmm. you you moved to Florida at 18 years old by yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And I am finishing my bachelor's degree actually next semester. Um, yay! So I'm granted Yay! Thank you. Um, so I'm 31. But at the same time, a bachelor's degree was not for me then. I had to wait a little bit and then really get an idea of what I wanted to do with it. Um, But that is one thing I can tell people: if if that's something you want to do, if you realize I I love love Walt Disney World, I just want to work there so much, do it. Nobody's stopping you. There's so many opportunities there. If you can learn anything from me. my opportunities. I worked there for eleven years. You know, three different roles, a whole bunch of different hotels, resorts, restaurants, things like that. Um, characters. There's so many opportunities there that there's never a possibility that there's something that they they that won't have a job for you. There's yeah. something that you know you could do. My twin sister worked there in entertainment, then she went over to. Um, Then she went over to Front Desk and Concierge. Oh, no. She went over to Attractions. Uh, She opened the Frozen Attraction. Uh, Then she went over to Front Desk and Concierge. And uh, now she uh, works as a travel agent. But uh, there's so many opportunities for people. If you just want to do it, just do it. You know, that's the only thing I can say. Because so many people doubt themselves and think that they can't do it. But if I can do it at 18, anybody can do it.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think we live in a society now where that's kind of a lot of people's motivations are like they're just like i'm just gonna do it like i don't care i'm not gonna go to college like i it's feel like
1: so easy yeah. to just give up and say this is what people are telling me to do but especially in the case of walt disney world where people go you know as much as it is a job because I, I worked at universal as well i worked at disney and universal um in orlando two of the biggest vacation destinations and i can tell you it is a job um so i'm not sitting here throwing pixie dust all over it and saying it is not a job it is definitely a job. There are going to be some hard days and there are going to be some times where you just want to cry. You want to go home. I've cried in many bathroom stalls, many walking coolers. Um, but at the same time, um, it definitely is, I mean, a permanent vacation for me. Um, there have been times where, I mean, like I said, I locked myself in the walking cooler and I cried because I just hated everything for that day. And there's other times where I get teary eyed. I would get teary eyed driving in and seeing Cinderella castle Yeah. because it was like working in a dream come true. So, I mean, if there's something that people feel like that's what would make them happy, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't do it. So nobody should ever doubt themselves just because it seems hard, you know,
0: Mhm.
1: but yeah. that's all I can. That's all I had to say. No.
0: Well said. Well said. And I, I mean, I, I do agree with those, those sentiments. I mean, I have a, I mean, I'm not going to get into my story, but I kind of did the same thing as you, where I was just like, "This is, this is, I'm putting my path on a journey where I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm going to do it." So um, it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. So, but all right, Brandy. Well, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna finally wrap things up. So, um, if you said you wanted, the, if you wanted people to reach out to you on Instagram, so where can people find you?
1: Um, I'm at uh, BMZ Muffin. That's B like boy, M like Mary, Z like zebra, Muffin like the pastry. Um, so at BMZ Muffin um, on, on Instagram, if you uh, want to reach out to me and ask any other questions, um, totally okay to answer them. I just don't want to talk everybody's ear off for another hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll be sure to link her profile in the show notes so you can check her out. But yeah, so yeah, Brandy, it's it's been it's been awesome. Um, it's I can't believe we've been talking for well, you've been talking for two hours. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's 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 been a, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. It's been great listening to your stories, like I said before. So, but uh, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: No problem. All right. Have a good one. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed part two of How Do You Become Mickey Mouse. Uh, Brandy. thank you so much for coming on the show once again. It's been a great—it's been over two hours that we, we have sat down and talked with each other now. I mean, but you just have such great stories. I mean, you worked for the mouse for so long that, uh, yeah, you just have a lot of experience. And it's it's good that on this episode you kind of talked about the, the realities of working at Walt Disney World. I mean, with with any job, you're gonna have your your ups and downs. I mean, it's just it's just what life is. It, it's how it is. And uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you've been such a delight, and you're 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 always welcome back on. Uh, I would have loved to. I'm sure you have like a million more stories. So if you ever want to come on and just start talking about it more, you're you're more than welcome to. Um, but yeah, so really, I hope you guys enjoy that two part of this series. So. Uh, Why don't we just uh, wrap things up for this week? Um, If you guys are not subscribing to the podcast already, please do so. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. There's Pocket Cast. There's there's a lot of different platforms that we're on. Uh, And please rate and review the show if you can. It'll really help us out. Um, But, yeah, you can also find me at our website at accesspresspodcast.com. Um, And you can reach out to me there. You can find me on social media at XS Press Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And and if you were a previous cast member and you would like to be on the show, uh, please reach out to me. I would love to schedule an interview and we can set that up. Uh, But yeah, if if you want to get in contact with me, you can also shoot me an email over at XSPressPodcast at gmail.com. But, uh, but yeah, so that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the XS Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers.
1: We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.